the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, we are in the saddle and ready to go. Welcome, everyone. Glad you're here with us. Um, I'm looking for something on here. Uh, let me get this set up. I hit a button or two myself here just real quickly. Got it gone on now. So we are ready. This is the Bible Live broadcast each and every Sunday evening. Stacy, my daughter, is here with us. And let me see. Get Stacy. Stacy, I'm glad you're on the air with me now. Hello. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Hi. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> I just want to remind day. folks where we are, what we're doing, uh, the Bible Live. We make our way through the entire Bible every year. Uh, we start somewhere around the first week of November and with the book of Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then we go to the New Testament and get the Gospel of Ma- Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Then we come back to the Old Testament and pick up Numbers and Deuteronomy. That's where we are currently. Uh, we finished up the book of uh, Numbers this past week. Uh, I believe it was on Wednesday we finished up the book of Numbers, and then we started right on into the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, and we are going to get into that book this evening. This coming week, we will, I believe, finish up the book of Deuteronomy. I don't know if we finish it entirely and go on into the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament. Uh, I'll have to look at that, our schedule. But that's the that's the way we move through the Old and New Testaments uh, every year. Uh, throughout the year. So welcome aboard, everyone. If you're listening as you drive across South Texas or across the streets and highways and byways of San Antonio, or maybe from your home or workplace, wherever you're listening to the Bible Live broadcast this evening. Um, We did have a little hiccup on our website this past week, but we've gotten it all straightened out. And uh, you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, or just BibleLive.com. If you forget to put the word the, it'll still go to our website, thebiblelive.com or BibleLive.com. And there you will find, uh, if you would like to uh, go there every weekday, Monday through Friday, on that opening page, you can find, uh, you can click on, uh, you can, well, a number of different things, and it's explanatory there on the uh, website. 
but you can go and listen to any of our uh, readings from the Bible from the past year. You can go back, or right there on the front page, you can click on today's reading, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and just uh, read through the scriptures with us, uh, with our uh, with our listeners, and with maybe a fa- family member, or your husband or wife, or friend, some friends at work, maybe as a group at Sunday school or a church that you'd like to go through the Bible together. You can listen to it together and then, of course, have your own time of interaction and uh, study when you gather or Zoom meeting or when you gather to study the scriptures. But we could uh, help you go through the entire Bible every year. That's at thebiblelive.com. And by the way, we have uh, each reading has uh, or each week of readings has a group of questions that you can find on the website. There's usually about 30 or 40 questions that kind of help you remember. They're just a teaching aid, help you remember uh, some of the key points, important um, events, important people, uh, important uh, passages, uh, perhaps for you to memorize. It would be really a great principle of God's, uh, of God, how God deals with us. Uh, his people. So you can find all of those questions on the website as well on the Sunday night uh, Bible Live quiz show. So you can find them there. And it not only has the question, but it has the the passage where the answer is found and the answer is listed there as part of the question. So it's a great study aid for you. And our goal, our objective is to help you Go through the Bible. Of course, you're going to be blessed, and there's going to be the God's, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to your own life as you read through the Bible, as you read the different stories, the different events, the different things that uh, in, in each passage. There'll be things that that come alive to you, that encourage you, that instruct you, and guide you. Uh, at the same time, our object, our objective, or my objective, is that you be able to really think through. The Bible that you know the, the the biblical narrative well enough Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy you know that those are the first five books of the Old Testament they are called the the Torah uh, the books of the law the books of Moses uh, another phrase the Pentateuch which is literally means in Hebrew five books. The first five books of the of the Bible of the Hebrew Scriptures were the books of Moses that he wrote during the time of the forty years of uh, sojourn, the forty years of wandering in the wilderness before uh, between Mount Sinai when the people come out of Egypt uh, after uh, and go to the Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments until. Uh, and we'll see this. We're very close to that time right now in in terms of our reading until they enter into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And that comes at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. So uh, you'll be able to you, go to the website, use it as a resource. There's a lot of teaching aids. There's some instructional aids and so on that you can find there. But we want you to be able to think through the scriptures and and uh, we don't want it to be something you, oh, man, I tried to read the Bible one time, but it, uh, I just got so confused that I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. You know, I've heard some people say that. And I can understand if you're just now beginning to get to know the Bible or, and, and you hear a sermon from here and a sermon from there and, and, and you hear references, well, 
uh, Abraham did this or Isaac or Jacob or King David or the, and, and you go, well, who is this Isaac and who is they, who's Solomon? Who's it? What's this king? What's this prophet? Well, we want you to be able to, uh, as you go through the Bible, uh, we want to be bringing out key points, key people, key moments, key passages that will help you feel like you really understand the Bible. The 39 books in the Old Testament, uh, Genesis through Malachi, and the 27 books, Matthew through Revelation of the New Testament. So that that's what we want you to be able to do. And you'll never stop learning. I, I keep learning more and more, and I keep finding new blessings and, and new uh, ideas and thoughts that God gives as we read about his. This is uh, us reading ab- about God and his dealings with other people and other times and other situations and other settings. And, and we can we can extrapolate from God's dealings with them, their experiences, both good and bad, uh, and we can extrapolate and we can learn very important lessons about our God, about his plan for humanity, his plan for our lives and, and principles that would guide us and how to experience God and all of his blessings and, and his plan for our lives in this life. So that's what it's all about. Stacy, let me ask you um, as my daughter and, of course, <laughs> growing up in the Dollar family, I was kind of wondering how. How do you feel about the Bible? Are you at that point where you can you can essentially kind of think through the books of Moses, and then you got the books of history? You know, um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, the books of Samuel, the Kings, and the Chronicles. And then you go into the books of the prophets, and so have you come? How long have you been able to kind of? think through the Bible that way and kind of understand the, the, the narrative at large, you know, on the broad, on broad strokes. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, uh, I mean, Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. always a learning. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're every, every year you learn more and more, you know, my, or my aunt has gone through the Bible every year for how many years now? I think 30, something like 40 35, years. 40 years. Yeah, almost. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's always something new. There's always more, um, more to learn, more to see. It's um, so I, I don't, I don't. But just in yeah, terms I, of thinking through, let's say on on the on the big strokes, you know, just kind of the big mm-hmm. overall picture. If you pick up a book and you and you were to open it up, I'll flip through my Bible here. See where I let's say you pick up at the book of Hosea. You know, you just open your Bible and there it is. So you you would kind of have a general sense of who Hosea was, where he is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the prophets, sure. one of the minor uh-huh. minor prophets in the at the toward the end of the Old Testament. So you kind of get it. Yeah. That's what I kind of hope for our listeners, that they, yeah. would, they would begin to be able to just, they, they would know the book. Not Like I said, right. and like it you said. It definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, it for sure helps. I mean, it really helps to hang in there and to go through it in in a in a year. And I do love this. Um, I, I really do like your format and the back and forth from the old to the new. Uh-huh. Um, I think it falls really well in the calendar year, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, 
I think it has helped a lot just to be going through it with you. (laughs) Well, that's what a mom and a dad are for, and and I would encourage our listeners. Not that, not that I'm any great shakes at it or anything, but that that's one of our primary duties as moms and dads is to uh, point our children faithfully toward the true and living God, and and we get the wonderful chance to familiarize them with the Bible and let them let them understand you know what what the different portions of the Bible, you know, the, the, what we call the Pentateuch, the, the books of the law, the books of Moses, that's one. Then the books of history. Then you have the poetry. You have the Psalms and the Proverbs, the book of Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Um, and then you have uh, some of the special books like the book of Esther, Ruth, uh, and, and, and the judges, you know, where these things fall in the, in the history uh, the overall history as you walk God's dealings with the pe- his people, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in their descendants uh, over the years and the centuries. And then you come to uh, the end of the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Malachi, the last of the prophets. You have 400 years of silence. And then with the birth of John the Baptist, we have uh, the last of the, old te- of the prophets of the Old Testament sense of a prophet and who introduces... Uh, the Messiah, the long-awaited Redeemer, Savior that God had promised all through the Hebrew Scriptures that God has promised. So uh, that, that's kind of our objective. And, and one thing, of course, we emphasize continually, folks, for you uh, listening, is that uh, the the Bible is one continual narrative. It's not like, oh, there's the Old Testament and then there's a whole different God in the New Testament. Please do not. A lot of uh, There are a number of people that say that. But I, I'm I'm telling you for sure that they're speaking out of ignorance. I mean, if you just kind of lightly, very superficially, in a very shallow way, look at the Old Testament and God's dealings with the people of Israel and so on, uh, uh, you'll see. Yeah, I mean, there is a, a God of, of judgment, of God, a holy God, a God who uh, who requires and demands. Uh, submission to him and, and love for him obedience to his laws and, and and guides us but but god of the new testament does the same thing the god of the old testament is a god of grace a god of love a god of mercy a patience there's no doubt about it. i mean it, it, it isn't true that the god of the old testament is a cruel god and the god of the new testament is gentle and and, and nice uh, the same God of uh, the God of old and new is the same God. He never changes. It has never changed. There are different times and different eras in His redemptive plan, and maybe you kind of get a different emphasis. But the God of the New Testament also is a God of judgment, a God of who requires and demands obedience and submission to His will and trust and, and faith in Him uh, for our own well-being, for our own sake. So. Uh, I want you to be able to see the book as the, an, the entire book, 66 books, 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. But there are one continual narrative of God and his dealings with the human race and calling out a people from the human race for himself. And, and it's all one continued narrative and one continual plan that is carried out in history, culminating with the coming of the Messiah. 
uh, Jesus of Nazareth, who uh, born in Bethlehem, claimed to be that long-awaited, promised Messiah, Redeemer, Savior of Israel. Uh, uh, Israel meaning God's people. Not we're not talking, and that's another. I, I want to throw this in there because we're we're in these books. We're coming into the Hebrew Scriptures. We we read about we hear the word Israel over and over again, and people get awfully confused. Uh, well, what does that mean, Israel? And because we have a, a there is a nation state today over there on the on the uh, eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, you know, on the other end from Spain uh, in the Mediterranean. There is a, a nation state today called Israel, and it's on that same uh, property, that same real estate, that same piece of uh, land that the Old Testament that God led the people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he led them to in the Hebrew Scriptures. But every time you read the word Israel, it does not mean the same thing. You you have to be... This is very, very important principle from the Scriptures. When you read the word Israel, you have to realize... You have to understand and understand from the context... Uh, which Israel or what aspect of Israel is it referring to? Uh, maybe, Stacy, that's one thing we could do in this first segment here in the next few minutes before we get into our consideration of the the final chapters uh, of the book of, of uh, Numbers and then go on into the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, maybe that's something we could do right now is just talk about th- when people read, when you read your Bible and you see the the word Israel, it could mean any number of things. In the first place, uh, the the word Israel comes from uh, Jacob. Remember, Jacob was one of the the two sons of Isaac, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was the son of, of promise. He was the younger son, but he became the son through which the covenant that God made with Abraham and then Isaac. He became the son through which that covenant relationship was going to continue because Esau did not value it. Esau was willing to sell it for a bowl of a bowl of porridge. Uh, at least uh, and Jacob at least valued that covenant relationship, the God of his father Isaac, and he valued it and wanted. Now, he, he didn't come to a full-blown commitment and a full-blown maturity in his relationship with God, his commitment to God, till later in life. In fact, he went through a pro- about 40 years of, of of his own wandering, in, in his own personal uh, struggle with God, to with the, with the idea of God, and trying to come to where he was at peace with God and, and was committed to, to loving God and following God and and by faith was willing to experience uh, that covenant relationship that God had made with his grandfather Abraham and with his father Isaac. So Jacob's name at one time uh, in his experience here is changed to Israel. God changes his name to Israel, uh, and it means, for you have wrestled with God and won. And the idea is that Jacob did. He had a long struggle with God, you know, just the concept of God coming to be at peace with God, to to acknowledge God and to be committed to God and to respond mm-hmm. to, to God. Uh, so Jacob did go through, like I said, a, a fairly long journey, 
But then he, his name, when he finally makes his full commitment to God and, and says, I am going to follow the God of Abraham and my father Isaac, I'm committed to God, then God changes his name uh, on a particular evening after he had a long dream that night of wrestling with God or, a, or an experience of wrestling with this man, then his name was changed to Israel, which means you've wrestled with God and won. Now, that is the broadest understanding of Israel, and that is a the, that is the main understanding of the word Israel is God's people, people who have wrestled with God, yes, and won. And they could be people in the Old Testament, or they could be people today, right now in San Antonio or South Texas or across the U.S. or wherever you're listening to this broadcast, on the Internet or on the radio. That if we're part of the people of God, we are even today, we are part of Israel in that broadest spiritual sense. We are the people of God. That is Israel. Uh, now, then, of course, the people of uh, the, the children of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, or Israel, and then uh, Joseph. They went down into Egypt and so on. They became a great nation, a people group, and and God made a covenant with Israel. Uh, and this covenant is a it's a, co- a two kinds of covenant. The one was an earthly covenant. There was an earthly aspect and dimension that to this specific people group. Jacob and, and his children and, and the, these 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel are the 12 sons of Jacob, of Israel, 12 sons of Israel. So the children of Israel, they, are, they have come out of Egypt now under Moses' leadership, and now they are, they are, in a sense, the people of God, but it's an earthly covenant form that God has covenanted with them that I will bless you and use you as a witness for me in the world. To the to the Egyptians, to the Assyrians, to the Babylonians, to the other people groups around them, I'm going to use you and as a, a witness, as a light to the other nations of the world. But and if you will obey me and trust me and follow me, I will bless you and preserve you and keep you. And and apart from that part of the covenant, and through you, I am going to bring. The Messiah. In other words, through you as well, I, as you let people know about me, I'm going to use you to be a blessing to all the nations of the world, to all the people of the world, but because you are going to keep alive the vision of the true and living God and of his redemptive plan uh, personified in the Messiah, this individual who is going to come, who is going to take upon himself the, the penalty of our sin and purchase our redemption with his own life, uh, his own blood. And so that is the work, the role of the Messiah, Jesus. That's why he came, lived a perfect life of faith, trust, and submission, obedience to the Father. Then, as a man, he did that. And then he who knew no sin became sin for us, and he was uh, crucified. He gave his life he gave his life freely. No one took it from him. Even he said that. But he gave his life as a payment of the penalty of our sin. Uh, for the wages of sin is death. But Christ took our death upon himself so that we could be reborn. We could become a, a new people, the people of God. So that all of that is there. But that's the, the, that's the word of Israel 
I was emphasizing the local earthly aspect of that covenant with the people of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and and then now the 12 tribes of Israel. We're going to follow them now for the next uh, 1,400 years or so. We're going to follow them uh, uh, and uh, their experiences, the ups and downs, their failures, their successes, their history. And we're going to learn from their experience as well. But remember, they are, they are the earth. They are the picture of the earthly covenant, the earthly picture of the people, God's dealings with His people. But and that is now that came to cease uh, at when Messiah came. Uh, the they burst out of the out of the promised land, out of the land of Israel, and they were the the kingdom of God expanded all over the the earth. And so now we, the primary meaning of the word Israel today is the people of God. That means all the, this Native American, I'm Miskalero Apache, my children, and uh, whether you come from German background or Asian or Chinese, or uh, I just met a wonderful uh, Vietnamese brother this past week, had a wonderful time of fellowship. All from every nation, every tribe, every language group around planet Earth today, uh, there are those of us who have come to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by faith uh, through uh, the witness and through reading and knowing about the Messiah himself, the Redeemer. And we now have been grafted in. We are part of the people of God. And so that's that's a little run through. I think it's such an important thing to always remember because there's a lot of confusion these days about what Israel is. And, and, and some people keep pointing back to that old piece of real estate over there in, in, uh, at the other end of the Mediterranean. Or, or maybe people, an ethnic or a genetic group of people. But no, the truest meaning today is it's the people of God. Those of us who have come to God through Jesus the Messiah. Well, that's our first segment, and I've spent it kind of getting us up to speed and ready to go into now uh, our discussion about the book of Numbers. We'll continue. We'll kind of finish out the book of Numbers, and we'll introduce the book of Deuteronomy uh, and get into that this evening. I haven't given Stacy a a chance to say boo, but we'll get get (laughs) Stacy on the air with me here in just a few minutes. Don't go away, folks. The Bible Live will be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. He wraps himself in 
The Bible Live. You can go to thebiblelive.com and find our uh, readings each week, Monday through Friday, and read through the scriptures. I'll read a flawless, beautiful reading, if I do say so myself, thanks to the wonder and the miracle of editing, of course. <laughs> uh, but we'll find a flawless, beautiful reading of the New Living Translation, a good, clear, modern version of the scriptures, and uh, we'll read through the entire Bible to you, for you, and with you every year. Right now, we have just, uh, this past week, uh, we've come to the end of the book of of uh, Numbers, chapters 27 through 36, and we started the first six chapters of the book of Deuteronomy. So go to the website, thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com, whichever, and you can hear the readings, go back and review them yourself and catch up with us. Or just uh, go to that first page every Monday through Friday and click on that that reading, and you'll get a 15 to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures every weekday, the entire Bible, every year. I hope that you'll join us for this wonderful excursion, this journey we make every year through the Bible, the book of books. Now, in the first uh, segment, I have kind of gone back through where we have been so far the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And I kind of homed in on this understanding of uh, Israel, that the idea and the word, when you read the word Israel in the Bible, do not automatically just think uh, about the nation state today, the modern nation state, that has actually nothing to do with the biblical understanding of Israel, uh, the fact that the nation state that exists today. the In the first meaning, it is the people of God in the broadest, truest sense, those who have wrestled with God in one uh, through the work of redemption uh, of God and his Messiah, the Lord Jesus. And then uh, we talked about the nation state, in the Old Testament, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now we're looking in the people of Israel, the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, have come out of Egypt, camped at the base of Mount Sinai, and in the book of Numbers then, they leave Mount Sinai, they go up to Canaan, and they are supposed to, their, their purpose, the intent was that they would go right on into Canaan, under the God's leadership with Moses, and that they would, they would go into the promised land, the, God, the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, centuries before that Abraham had bought, uh, paid uh, for uh, uh, the land that they were to inhabit and to uh, possess, and that the people of Israel, the Canaanite people, were had been there for hundreds of years over 400 years, and that they were ripe for judgment. So God was going to use the people of Israel as an instrument of judgment on them and their sin and rebellion, even as he brought and kept his promise to uh, the children of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to help them to possess the land and live in that land that God had taken Abraham to centuries before. But instead of going into uh, Canaan and possessing the land, uh, we read about this. It, they they backed away. They they uh, did not believe that God was able to take them in to give them the victory, 
And so now they, in the book of Numbers, they have been wandering. Uh, they have wandered for 40 years and until a number of things take place. Maybe I'll let Stacy. why don't you take over here and uh, what happened to the people of Israel during this 40 years? Maybe you can pick up the narrative a little bit for us. I think that's one thing that's fun about this week's reading is, what is it, Numbers 35? Yes. Um, you actually, we, we actually get a breakdown of everywhere they were. Yeah, it's their itinerary. <laughs> it's, a little bit te- it's, a- it's their itinerary. Yeah, that's perfect. It's a little bit tedious, but it does show that, I mean, it. I, I love that in a way because it's so specific and it, um, you know, this isn't, just a the, it it gives some details. I mean, it gives the real road trip. Um, you know, this would be like they stopped at Bucky's, they went into Walmart, they <laughs> stopped at a sauna. You know, or yeah. I don't just like any kind of road trip that we might have. And you, it just um, so they. I mean, they went through a lot. Um, they they didn't really cover very much ground. I guess literally, but figuratively, they sure did. Um, I think one of the most interesting things to me that happened is that it's a complete turnover of um, of, a, of a people group. A generation so the, died away. Uh, yeah. A whole generation died away. And um, that must have been really um, hard um, in, a, in a way on Moses. Um, you know, this is these are his friends. These are who he left Egypt with. This is. These were his, and one by one, I mean, well, and sometimes not just one by one, sometimes in (laughs) bigger numbers, but, you know, in the end, Moses is kind of left with, with by by him, you know, looking around and they're all gone. (laughs) All of his friends are Um, gone, yeah. Well, the ones that left were the, the ones that died away were the men 20 years old and older at the time of the failure to enter Canaan. Right. So there were children that were under the age of 20 that were still alive. Uh And then there were perhaps some of the older women that, that, uh, but but the men of age 20 years old and older that had been in the first, uh, and that's where the book of Numbers gets its name, right? It's from those two census that were taken one at the beginning of the book of Numbers, uh, 603,550 <laughs> fighting men, 20 years old, age and over. And then there's another census taken at the end of the book of Numbers, uh, which we read about, uh, what chapter 35 or 36, I think it is. And uh, those have another census as they prepare once more to enter into the promised land. This time... Um, this time, of course, they will successfully uh, trust God and go on in. And we'll see at the beginning of the book of Joshua, uh, the, the first battle at the Battle of Jericho and so on. Under the leadership of, of Joshua, they go in. But those, that 40-year period is covered in the book of Numbers, beginning with that first uh, numbering of the people and ending with the second census of the people at the end of the book. And you're right, chapter 33, I think it is, is where they, uh, it gives a little bit of a list of they they camped here and then they went to here. Uh, they left Libna and camped at Risa. They left Risa and camped at 
Kehutala. Boy, I had fun reading this whenever I was recording it. That all of these Hebrew words. But anyway, yeah, that was that's uh, that's where they have been now, and where we have been in the Book of Numbers. Um, and they really established. Yeah, this is also our first look at. You know, you've often talked about. God is in the business in these um, early books in the Torah of nation building. Uh-huh. And numbers, you really see that start to take shape. Um, yeah. You start to see them celebrate their first Passover after the Passover in Egypt. Uh-huh. Um, you start to see the festivals, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the Day of Atonement. Um, you know, what do we do when somebody who ha- – you start to see the, the laws. Um, you Not only, of course, you have the Ten Commandments that they've been given, but you know, then getting into the specifics of how do we actually – practically deal with someone that's broken this law or that law and um like the city of yeah. refuge of, of of refuge the cities of refuge um or you start to see well what about women and do they what what rights you know do they have and um how do we deal with how, what about women who've made promises <laughs> we talked about that in the, yeah. right, or um or, or women who have land or can they be landowners and you start to see um, some of these very practical um, questions, and and you see how Moses goes to the Lord and asks him for wisdom, right. <laughs> and 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 then he'll make he'll make the call, and then well, this is what we do, and this is what we do. and um, and it's just fascinating to see that happening, knowing that you know. Meanwhile, there are of course a whole bunch of other nations surrounding them. And you can see God making Israel a distinct, distinctive amongst those nations, um, and that's that's neat. Yeah, it <laughs> I, is. I and, and I'm glad you brought it. that up because that that overarching theme is very clear in, in whether it's uh, after after the Exodus, after they come out. Of course, Genesis has the beginning of the world, the creation, and you pick up with Abraham in chapter 12, and, and, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and then they go down into uh, Egypt, and they end up in a coffin in Egypt at the last 50 uh, chapters of Genesis. And then Joshua brings, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Moses brings them out of Egypt in the book of Exodus. Uh, they receive the Ten Commandments, and, and that process of nation building that you refer to uh, is really—it is really true. God is beginning mm-hmm. to build, uh, a, a really, a, to, to a great degree, a, a a mob of slaves. Yes, they have a certain—they have a certain remembrance of their their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have a certain awareness of, of their. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that there's some there's some relationship to that God, but but it's been 400 years, mm-hmm. and and now at the base of Mount Sinai, God begins the process uh, using Moses, and then of course Aaron uh, and and other leaders there. God uses them to remind this people of who they are who their God is and what God's covenant relationship and plan for them and with them is. And so, yeah, there's, he's there. They were a mob of slaves and now they've become a nation. They've become a free people. 
with with calendars. <laughs> a slave doesn't need a calendar. You know, you know, they just do what the master tells them every day. But now they're a free people, so they get a, they have a calendar. They have festival days. They begin to build their own cultural uh, high points and memories and and their holidays that remind them continually of of their freedom. Just like we have the Fourth of July, yeah. we have Labor Day, we have this <laughs> holiday that that kept keep reminding us of what it means to be an American, of, of our heritage mm-hmm. and our legacy. Well, they, they have that same thing here. And all of that's established in, uh, in the book of Exodus and Leviticus. They go into the theme of worship, and, and they learn about, as you said, how do we deal with sin? How, when we do mess up, Moses begins to expand on the Ten Commandments and tell them, this is what this looks like in everyday life and everyday relationships with your neighbors and friends and uh, and owning property and this, that, and the other. And so they begin to expand on the Ten Commandments. And also they establish as a primary point the the, the norms and the, the for worship, worshiping God, because mm-hmm. central to their experience was to be their relationship with God. And that's not just Israel back then. That's to be... That's the people of God today. Uh, in our lives, we're, we're Americans. We have laws in our land and so on. But to us who follow the the true and living God, the, the, Noah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and follow the, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, we too now uh, want to know how do I live out as, as uh, I'm a citizen of heaven first. How do I live out the the practices and obedience and submission as a citizen of heaven here uh, even as i live out being a citizen of america and one thing for people we need to recognize if you give first place to god in your life if you follow god first obey his commandments seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness all these other things will be added to you. In other words, your commitment and allegiance to God is never going to make you uh, uh, never going to compromise or weaken your experience as a citizen of America or your experience as a husband or as a father or as an employer or an employee. If you put God first, you're going to find a maximum experience in all these other areas of life as well. So don't ever be afraid of putting God first. Uh, before I'm an American, I'm a citizen of heaven. But that's not that doesn't compromise my allegiance and my experience as an American citizen. That only enhances it. I will be a better mm-hmm. American citizen. I'll be a better husband. I'll be a better uh, father. I'll be a better employee. I'll be a, I'll, whatever commitment in life, soldier or whatever my job might be. I'll be better because of putting God first in my life. And that that's one of the lessons we get uh, from uh, this nation-building experience mm-hmm. now. Uh, but the people of Israel are being taught how to live, how to treat one another. Uh, they're receiving these instructions. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus goes into worship uh, and, and how they, the different offerings uh, that how they can experience God's forgiveness and cleansing when they make mistakes in life. Uh, th- they are to, uh, and at the same time, always remember that the offerings that they gave to at the at the uh, tabernacle when they brought a lamb or a goat or uh, an animal as a part of their offering to the Lord to to uh, signify 
It was symbolically, it was them trusting in the Messiah, in in the sacrifice that, that God, the Lamb of God, that God has promised to send someday. They are putting their their faith and trust in God's provision for their sin and forgiveness. And they do that through, uh, picture it, pictured that through bringing of an animal or a grain offering of these offerings. But at the same time that they were doing that, uh, they were not forgiven because a sheep died. Then, the, ba- the basis of our forgiveness is not that some animal was killed. That was the symbolic of the provision that God was going to make. But the animals that were killed uh, were given to the people of the Levite, the tribe of Levi. They provided the food, uh, the grain, and the food for that for them and their families. So that was them in a way. So that was part of their support to God and God's working and God's kingdom among them is that they supported the the. And in a way, it would be like us past, supporting our pastors and our missionaries and our uh, our youth leaders and our church uh, leaders in our uh, worship today. That was part of their their offerings and sacrifices were to help to go to the support of the the, the tribe of the Levites, which was pointed out in, in, in Leviticus and in the book of Numbers that they would be a tribe that would not receive a portion of land to work, to farm, to raise their herds on, but their job would be to look out for the well-being of the people of Israel. They look, did that by caring for the worship, uh, guiding the people, encouraging the people in worshiping God and keeping God first in their lives, in their families. But also they helped out with in the governance. They helped out in the legal system. We see the city of, of refuge uh, and so on. And we see uh, they helped out with also with uh, the health concerns, they would help find if there was leprosy or some uh, some contagious disease in the people, they would help care for it so that they would uh, so they wouldn't spread throughout the, the entire nation. And so the, the tribe of the Levites were but they were they were they were they were given their food and their provision by the the offerings that the people of God, uh, the other tribes brought to God uh, there at the tabernacle. So there's where we are, the book of Numbers. They've been traveling through this itinerary. You can see that in chapter 23, uh, remembering Israel's journey, the places they stopped and started. And remember, the stops as well as the starts are governed by the Lord. Sometimes God might have you in a stop, a stopping place for a time. And and you you may feel well, well, but remember the stops are also governed by the Lord, and He may have something special for you to experience and and to learn during one of your stops, and, and then you pick up and move forward in the next step in your your journey with the Lord. All of this picture of of the Book of Numbers is these forty years in the wilderness can be seen as a picture of our journey as well uh, here on planet Earth as we move toward the Promised Land. Uh, into our our covenant promise uh, to be with God, our God and His people forever. Uh, as we cross the the River Jordan, symbolically, we pass from this life into the spiritual realm and in, in, in death. Then we pass into God's presence. But we are in our journey now, and the Holy Spirit is among us. The tabernacle is in our midst. We are the tabernacle of God in that in the sense that the Holy Spirit. Uh, dwelling within each of us as his people. And we now are journeying, each of us, 
uh, experiencing the book of Numbers as well. So that's a little bit of an application we can make. Now, in the book of Numbers, in these final chapters, Stacy, I don't know what we should point at. Uh, one of the key points, of course, in Numbers chapter 27, uh, Moses asked God to appoint his replacement. Moses now knows that he is not going to go into the promised land, at least at this time, because uh, uh, he disobeyed God instead of uh, instead of speaking to the rock to produce water for the people. Uh, on this occasion, this was the second occasion. The first time he struck the rock as he was instructed, but this time he was told to speak to the rock. But he he disobeyed and struck the rock, and and evidently. There was a little pride or arrogance or impatience in that that he Moses in particular had to be very careful because he was a pitcher. The people were learning about their God through him. And so Moses was held to a high standard here. And when he failed in that moment, uh, in this case, the pitcher successfully the goodness and the mercy and the, and the holiness of God, then his the consequence of that was that he was not going to be allowed to enter into the promised land. Now, he was already 120 years old, so <laughs> I, 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 somehow I don't think he took it too hard. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he wanted to go in, but but he was not allowed to enter into the promised land at that time. Now, we did point out last week, uh, Patricia called in last week, and we we reminded them that Moses eventually did get to go into the promised land uh, and we look over in the New Testament in the Gospels. Remember that at the tower, at the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was on planet Earth, he uh, he was transfigured in glory, seen in his glorified form on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Moses and Elijah were there with him. So Moses did get to go into the Promised Land eventually, uh, but it was centuries, centuries later. Um, so anyway, we've got. Uh, Moses then asked God to appoint his replacement, the one who was going to lead Israel into the promised land, in, into battle. And God chose Joshua. In chapter 27, verse 18, God made it clear that he chose Joshua, who had been serving already as an aide or an assistant to Moses. Anyway, he, he remember, he went up, uh, he went uh, partway up, at least, uh, up on Mount Sinai and waited on, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai for those 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Joshua went partway up and waited on him there. So Joshua was in some ways an assistant already in training to Moses. And so he now becomes the leader of uh, the people of Israel, as they will see in the book of Joshua when they go into Canaan. Uh, what else do we can we emphasize in the book of Numbers, these final chapters, 27? You, saw, you talked about chapter 33, the itinerary of their journeys. Is there anything there, Stacy, that you see that maybe we could comment on that? Um, well, I, I, um, I, I always, you had mentioned it um, in the break, but that in Numbers 31 of the 12,000 Israelites warriors that were sent to battle the Midi, um, to battle the Midianites, yes, east of the uh-huh. Jordan, how many were killed? Yeah. And I just think that that's an, a neat, you know, going from when they initially um, went after was it the Ammonites, yes. right? And they lost and were completely defeated, right? <laughs> because it was, and so going. I mean, you can see. 
you can you can see the transformation. I mean, you you can see that they have learned, that they have grown, that they have gotten wiser, they've gotten better at obedience. And um, and so in this next, you know, numbers now, we'll cut to numbers 31, and how many of them were killed? None of the 12,000 when they went into battle, when it was, you know, none, none were killed. And I, it's just neat to see that, I guess, that progression. Um, you know, of yeah. After they were turned back from entering, uh, from entering the promised land, uh, they foolishly went ahead and entered into a battle at that point. And as you said, right. they were they were defeated, soundly defeated. Mm-hmm. But now uh, we see that in this particular experience, they learned to trust God and to obey God when He called them to battle. They uh, mm-hmm. trusted Him and they went out, and they experienced a great great victory. Interestingly, I, I find it here that uh, in Numbers chapter 31, they 12,000 warriors were sent. I think it's a 1,000 from each of the tribes were sent to battle with the Midianites east of the Jordan, and they won a great battle, but not one of their soldiers was lost in the battle. Yeah. Which, which I think okay. it's amazing. It's just yeah, astounding. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> Especially in the hand-to-hand battle of those days and years, right. you would have thought, at least won somebody, but no, they won such a, a tremendous. I, and to me, it seemed like it just surely they took that as a beautiful, wonderful sign of God's faithfulness that He right. had given them such a great victory. That that is true. And I think it, yeah, and I think it ties in really well with our Psalm reading, and and even for future generations. I mean, you think of David and uh-huh. how many battles did they go through after that? But in Psalm, I think it was thirty-four. How are we to show that we fear the Lord and revere Him? Um, Thirty-four, thirteen through sixteen in Psalm says, "Obey Him, yeah. obeying Him," and uh, that you, you can you can see He calls us to obedience, right. <laughs> and and then and. And that there is reward. I mean, there is reward in, in and of itself, just obedience to him, and he, he is worthy and do it. At the same time as well, he there is a plan and a purpose, and he has a, a reason for things. And, and obedience to him will always lead to um, to our ultimate benefit, to our yeah, good. To our good, our blessing. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that from the book of the Psalms, because uh, I, I had not mentioned that uh, to our listeners tonight, when you go to thebiblelive.com, if you listen to the Bible as we read through it together, uh, each of those 15 to 20 minute readings, it begins with a reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs. We call it our wisdom and worship segment. Uh, King David, and he is living among the Philistine people. He 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 gets into some incredible adventure, and he, ha- he we'll read about it when we get into the book uh, of the Kings. Uh, but he gets into a difficult situation, and he has to escape from King Akish, and, and he and he acts insane in order to uh, in order to escape. He has to act uh, like he's crazy, like a crazy man. Uh, it's very interesting. But we read, so- and he wrote this Psalm thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six. Uh, Psalm thirty four was written about that experience when he was living with among the Philistines with King Akish. And, of course, these these passages also talk to us about, uh, as Stacy said, uh, a key to uh, to show that we fear God and are following God, we, we obey him. Uh, 
And let me see. There's some other things in the uh, in the Psalms that I think I could mention. Psalm 35 is called an imprecatory psalm. We read that this past week. An imprecatory psalm is a psalm of cursing. And I don't mean cussing, like saying bad words, but asking God to punish uh, his enemies, punish those who oppose him and in, in his plan and uh, in, in God's people. So that's a, a, an imprecatory psalm. There's a handful of them in the Old Testament. Uh, psalm 139 is one. Psalm 35 is one. We read Psalm 35 this last week. Uh, and so the, the imprecatory, maybe you'd want to re- try to remember that word. There are some psalms where, where David calls out to God and says, Lord, strike down your enemies, you know, and and he calls upon God to to punish and judge his enemies. And then uh, there's us, something else I was going to mention there in the Psalms. Oh, yeah. In Psalm 34, it is mentioned uh, and, and referred to in John chapter 19 of the New Testament. It is mentioned uh, that there the, there is a prophecy about the Messiah that the Messiah, none of the Messiah's bones would be broken. And that's very, very interesting. It's mentioned in John chapter 19 when Jesus is on the cross. Uh, the, they, they have to hasten the death of the, uh, the three men that are being crucified, the two thieves and Jesus in the middle of them. And they wanted to hasten their death because, uh, because the, it was, the Sabbath was coming on. So they broke the bones, they broke the leg bones of the the two thieves, because that would hasten. See, you, you died in crucifixion. You actually died from uh, suffocation. That's that's what you died because you could not could no longer support your body, and your body would hang and and you would not be able to breathe, and you would die of suffocation. So they broke the bones of the two thieves so that they would hasten their death. But when they came to Jesus, he had already died. And his bones were not broken, and so that was seen and explained that that was a that was a, a a prophetic word that was kept in the life of Jesus the Messiah, that the bones of the and in chapter thirty four it talks about the bones of these offerings that people brought to the Lord were, were not broken as well. And Exodus chapter twelve and Numbers chapter nine. The Passover lamb and the instructions that were given for the Passover lamb, uh, the bones were not to be for, broken of the lamb that was uh, that was uh, sacrificed and prepared for those uh, sacrificial meals. Uh, their bones were not to be broken. And these are pictures as well of the fact that Messiah's bones would not be broken. And the Gospel of John picks up on that. So, well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Stace, because it gave me a chance to mentioned that we do read the Psalms and the Proverbs as well as part of our Bible reading process. I, I like, I'll mention one other thing in Psalm 36 that we read this week. It speaks about God's care for, for other creatures besides human beings. It says that God is also, he also cares for the animal kingdom. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not an extremist. I'm not on, you know, I'm not a member of PETA or anything like that. And I know we can eat chicken and beef and, and we can have uh, animals for food there for our provision. That's fine. But there's there's no need to be. I, I grew up on a ranch, on a farm, and there's there's no place for just senseless 
uh, right. uh, you know, uh, cruelty to animals, to yeah. whether they are domesticated animals and pets, or or to animals that we raise for food, that there's no there's no room for senseless cruelty, uh, yeah. meaningless cruelty to to the animals. After all, they were. Uh Every species, two of every, <laughs> two of every right. animal was was made it onto the ark. That's more than humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, well, I mean, they were not only <laughs> they were not only created by the Lord, but they were preserved as well. They were preserved uh, during yeah. the flood. Exactly right. Well, uh, that uh, that with that reference to the Psalms and the Proverbs, let me uh, see. I think our music did not come up. I'm going to have to get us into our spots now. I think we're already deep into our commercial break, but the Bible Live will return in just a moment, folks. Don't go away. Our last segment here on the Bible Live program, <laughs> Stacy, are you still there? I'm here. We've had a bomb <laughs> hit the, not, a, not truly a bomb, but we've had a, some technical problems here. We'll pick it up, but let's you and I continue our uh, just to end up our comments and, and explanations of the book of Numbers, we we finished up with Numbers. We've had this this journey of the people of Israel. Now, though, we've come to they are parked at the eastern side of the Jordan. They're on the eastern side of the Jordan River, uh, and they come to the last month of their wanderings. Now, they've been wandering 40 years in the wilderness and now they're there the two million people or so parked on the uh east side of the Jordan across from Jericho and, and on into the the land of Canaan and so now they're going to be there for a month, and this is basically what the content of the book of Deuteronomy is is uh, this fifth book of the bible it it's the the, the word Deuteronomy means the second law, and it, it's taken from chapter 17, verse 18, a copy of this law. In other words, it, it's actually a second giving of the law to a second generation of the people of Israel after coming out of Egypt. So the, the former generation, uh, particularly the men, uh, have have died in the wilderness, and now we have essentially a new generation uh, who were not at Mount Sinai, but now Moses is going to review for them a second giving of the law, uh, these principles about God. And we see, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments will be listed, but also we'll see uh, many of these expanded expansions of the Ten Commandments or what it means in the in the way they treat one another and the way they live together as God's people. So uh, Moses is going to give them a series now of four or five messages uh, there. Now, remember, this is Moses who did not want to be uh, used of God to call you know God's people onto uh, into the promised land or to take them out of Egypt because he said, I, I'm not a good speaker. I can't give a speech. And, and of course, uh, and then he, after all those years, he gets in trouble because he uh, uh, struck a rock in, in, instead of speaking to it, uh, which is kind of interesting, maybe even a little bit humorous uh, to us now, maybe not to him then. But now <laughs> here he is. Uh, he's going to give uh, for a month. He's going to deliver the four 
or, or five. I say four or five because the fifth message is probably delivered for him, about him. But we see them, Moses giving these four messages uh, about God to remind the people of Israel who their God is. And so he must have learned something in all those years. Uh, and he, it, we have it recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, the, the book of Deuteronomy is written in the format of a treaty between a king and a, a conquered state or a conquered people, a vassal state. And uh, so it is. It's written in a legal, a legal format. Uh, of course, it makes sense in the sense of, of Moses' formal education. Remember, was uh, he was raised and educated in the palace of Egypt, uh, and he would know about treaties and and legal documents. He was also some say it was Moses' last will and testament, which was a similar format. Uh, he, it, what they do is it reviews the relationship that God with Israel, uh, and so Moses goes back and reviews. Re, he reviews and, and re, uh, it kind of explains God's formal commitment to covenant with the people of Israel. And he starts not way back with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he starts at the base of Mount Sinai when the people had received the Ten Commandments and the covenant was renewed and restored, the Mosaic covenant that, that God then, they be, have become the people of God. And so he begins there and he talks about their journey through the wilderness, their failure to enter the promised land, uh, the, you know, the 12 tribes that were supposed to bring back uh, information about uh, from their 40 days of exploring Canaan. Uh, they were supposed to bring back that information but um, then we have to, he explains about that, how they failed to go in, and that their punishment for rebelling against God and for not trusting God was to wander 40 years in the wilderness until all of that generation had died away except Caleb and Joshua. Uh, and we're talking about the men 20 years older and older. So um, they, and remember we mentioned a while ago that after they were turned back from entering into uh, the promised land, they uh, and, we, and, and Moses reviews this in the book of Deuteronomy. They were they attacked the Amorites and they were soundly defeated. And so, uh, because they, you know, you, you need to follow, obey the Lord. Attack and He tells us when to make camp, when to break camp, when to move out, and. And so on. So they were reminded of that in, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter one. So and also we're given a little bit of a background. Uh, Stacy, maybe you'll remember this in, in all of these. When we read about Israel in the Old Testament, we read about these different people groups like the Edomites and the Midianites and the Moabites and the Ammonites. And remember, it was promised to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And out of the the ancestry, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, there were many different people groups that developed. And so may, he reviews uh, in those opening chapters of Deuteronomy, some of these groups are mentioned Um the Edomites, and let me see, do you remember who the Edomites are, Stace? 
That's right. Let's see. They are the descendants of Esau. Yeah. Remember, Jacob had two sons. Esau was the oldest son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Isaac had two sons. Esau was the oldest, right. Isaac and Rebekah. And then Jacob was actually the younger of the two, but he became the son of of uh, the covenant because he valued the covenant relationship with God. And Esau didn't. Esau sold the birthright to his brother um, Jacob, uh, who became Israel. So, but but the descendants of Esau, Esau did go on and marry and had children and grandchildren and so on, and they yeah. formed a people group called the. Um, Mm, the um, Edomites. <laughs> and Edom it was his name. Actually, Esau, I think his name means red, doesn't it, or something like that? I think the word Edom is related to that in some way. But the Edomites were the descendants of Esau. And then we see the Midianites. Uh, Abraham married a second time. Uh, after Sarah, his first wife, died, he married a woman named Keturah. And uh, they were the descendants of, from that second marriage, Abraham and Keturah, and they became the Midianites. Uh, interestingly, some uh, in Jewish tradition, uh, there is a Jewish um, history and tradition that, that Keturah was actually uh, Hagar, that it was indeed the father, the mother of Ishmael that married, that Abraham remarried after Sarah's death. He married uh, Hagar, who had changed her name to Keturah because of her conversion to become a follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Jehovah. Uh, That was her uh, name uh, given uh, under her new faith with Jehovah. So I'm not sure that. There's no biblical record of that that I know of. But that is uh, Jewish tradition, at least, Hebrew tradition, was that Keturah was uh, um, Hagar. Hagar. And then, of course, we come, the, do you remember the Moabites, the Ammonites, where they came from, Stace? Uh, let's see. The Moabites, uh, where they came from. I know that Ruth was a Moabite. <laughs> yeah, M- <laughs> Ruth was a Moabite. Yeah, that Moabitess, that's right. Remember that Abraham, when Abraham went to, uh, remember he and uh, Sarah had no children. When Abraham went to into Canaan, he had a nephew, a son of one of his brother. His nephew's name was Lot. Mm-hmm. And when Abraham went into Canaan, uh, he Lot, his nephew, was with him. And Abraham said, well, do you want to live in the city or do you want to live out in the uh, open prairie in the land? And Lot chose the cities. And mm-hmm. so uh, he went and lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, remember. And Abraham lived out in the, uh, in the prairies, the prairie area. And Lot uh, had two daughters there living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And remember the story of God's judgment uh-huh. on Sodom and Gomorrah. And when Lot was leaving, the angel delivered Lot from the the city before it was destroyed. And his wife, Lot's wife, instead of obeying God, said, did not look back. Don't look back. And she looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. And so the ones that escaped was Lot and his two daughters. 
Well, once they get out and they're saved from Sodom and Gomorrah, the judgment of God, the destruction of those cities, his two daughters begin to worry that they're not going to have children. They're not going to be able to have descendants. And so they have an incestuous relationship with their father, Lot. And the uh, the sons are named Ammon and uh, Moab. And they're... The people, uh-huh. the Moabites and the Ammonites come from from them, from that uh, relationship between Lot and his two daughters, which is kind of an ugly story to tell. It's it's yeah. uh, it's not particularly <laughs> pleasant to tell, but um, then yeah. that that's how we get the the people, the Ammonites and the Moabites. Uh, well, then we read about there's some a battle or two that takes place in the first chapters of Numbers. Uh, Sihon of Heshbon, uh, yeah, the, uh, of Og, King Og of Bashan. Um, uh, Moses asked to be able to enter the Promised Land, but he's not. He's not allowed to. Joshua is commissioned by the Lord to lead the people of Israel across. Uh, all of this is in preparation, and now in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, we have this story, and then Moses delivers this message, this rehearsal of God's dealings with the people of Israel, and then he um, uh, dies. He goes up uh, onto the mountain and dies, and um, that's pretty much as far as we got into the book of Deuteronomy. We'll pick up this coming week. In the book of Deuteronomy, all of our reading will come from the book, and we'll see how Moses reviews their history, and then he's going to lay out the covenant itself, and then he's going to give the consequences if we obey the covenant with God or if we disobey it. That was part of the the format of a of a um, if you were writing in the formal format of a treaty between a king and a vassal state. And so he'll lay out what are the consequences of obeying and disobeying that that treaty with, with God. And so we'll finish up the book of Numbers, then, then Deuteronomy. Uh, finish up the book of Deuteronomy. And then uh, after that, we'll come and turn and go into the book of uh, of Mark in the New Testament. We'll move to the New Testament with the second book, the Gospel of Mark. So I'm not sure if there's any more that we can mention at this time that that kind of gives us a view of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now we come to Deuteronomy, uh, the people on the east side of the Jordan. And we'll after this week, we'll leave them there, and then we'll go back uh, to the New Testament and pick up at the Gospel of Mark. So that's as far as I think we'll take it this week, Stace. Uh, we've got still a little bit of a, a problem here in the studio, but we want to give uh, our listeners uh, a chance to a reminder to go to thebiblelive.com and then uh, this week and hear the passages with us. And then we'll be back next Sunday evening on the Bible Live broadcast uh, to kind of review what we've read together this coming week and then we'll move us on toward the Gospel of Mark. Anything you want to add, Stacey, as we get ready to exit the program for the evening? Oh, well, sure. I, I, I guess maybe that last uh, Deuteronomy 6 is that famous, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
soul and strength. Yes. And I just, uh, it's a, a, a beautiful, you know, of course, Jesus takes that and and declares that centuries later is the greatest commandment and just another tie between the old testament and that new testament and and, um that singular storyline like you always say all one book and one wonderful redemptive (laughs) narrative from beginning to end thank you stace see you everyone we'll see you next week here on the bible live have a good week I rode the rocket, that wooden roller coaster at Playland Park. Remember? It was off-Broadway across from the Buttercrust Bakery. You know, we took field trips to that bakery. I've never forgotten the sick feeling I had in the pit of my stomach when I rode that coaster. Gosh, it's been almost 60 years. Do you ever get that sick feeling in your stomach when there's a market drop? Will you have time to recover from the loss before you retire? The ups and downs of the stock market roller coaster could cost you thousands. I'm Robin Hoppus with Big State Financial. Let us show you how to protect and grow your retirement savings no matter what the market does. Call today, 210-373-6000, and let us help you ensure a comfortable retirement. Here's that number again. Write it down and call me, 210-373-6000, or go to my website. It's the name of my company, BigStateFinancial.com. That's BigStateFinancial.com. is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. 
San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.